Hello, everyone, and welcome to the March 26th edition of the WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Folson, attorney with Floyd Scarlin, Manukian, and Langevin. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Court of Appeal upheld punitive damages against an uninsured employer. Here's what happened in the unpublished case of Meta versus Activor Corporation. Mahivar Mehta fell 12 feet off a ladder while working for Activor in 2007 and sustained serious injuries. Activor was illegally uninsured at the time. So Mr. Mehta initiated workers' compensation proceedings and also sued Activor and the principal stockholder Chanda Zaveri for damages under Labor Code Section 3706. The first suit, Meta 1, resulted in a judgment in his favor against Activor only in the total sum of over $184,000, which included $129,000 in attorney fees. He collected $55,000 of this amount from Activor through a writ of execution. After entry of the Meta 1 judgment, Activor began transferring assets and accounts receivable to Chanda Zaveri and two newly formed entities controlled by Zaveri. And the company subsequently initiated a no-asset bankruptcy proceeding, omitting more than $900,000 accounts receivable due and owing to Activor. In order to collect the outstanding attorney fee portion of the judgment, Meta commenced this second action, Meta II, for compensatory and punitive damages based on common law and statutory fraudulent transfer theories. In the second case, the trial court awarded Meta $207,000 and punitive damages of $622,000 for a total judgment of $829,000 plus interests, attorney fees, and costs. There was no court reporter or live witness testimony at the second trial. Instead, counsel stipulated that the evidence would consist of deposition testimony and documents. The Court of Appeal modified but otherwise affirmed the judgment in the unpublished case. On appeal, the defendants contend the right to sue for the unpaid attorney fees portion is vested in plaintiff's law firm, not the plaintiff himself. Stated in another way, the defendants insist that plaintiff is no longer a judgment creditor entitled to sue defendants, for fraudulent transfers. But the Court of Appeal noted that the Supreme Court acknowledged more than 80 years ago that a judgment for attorney fees belongs to the party to the action for fees paid or incurred by him and not directly to the attorney who is not a party to the action. The trial court found by clear and convincing evidence that all of the defendants entered into a fraudulent scheme. A push to resolve more than 350 lawsuits against the makers and distributors of opioid painkillers has hit a snag, so a federal judge cleared the way for lawyers to start collecting evidence for trials. U.S. District Judge Dan Polster, in charge of the cases in Cleveland, said, Substantial progress has been made in talks between U.S. cities and counties and opioid makers and distributors, but both sides have found barriers to a global settlement. Judge Polster said 
the day after the most recent negotiating session that allowing local governments and opioid makers' attorneys to get ready to go to trial is the quickest way to surmount at least some of those barriers. Lawyers involved in the case said they were pleased that Judge Polster is pursuing settlement possibilities while simultaneously allowing for litigation steps to be taken. The judge is backing away from an earlier decision to put litigation efforts on hold while lawyers for drug companies talk with cities and counties, attorney, and counties' attorneys about settling the cases. City and county officials contend opioid makers downplayed the painkillers' health risks and oversold their benefits through hyper-aggressive marketing campaigns. Oklahoma has a May 28 trial date set for its claims against Purdue and the other companies in a state court. Judge Polster has asked lawyers for both sides to develop a litigation plan for the consolidated cases and will hold the next negotiation session on May 10. And our crime report. Prosecutors say five Manhattan doctors were paid more than $800,000 by a pharmaceutical company to prescribe a spray version, spray version of an addictive opioid, fentanyl, to more and more patients whether they needed it or not. The money was earmarked as speaker fees for educational lectures on the drug that the doctors had agreed to give to medical professionals. In reality, federal prosecutors say the lectures were just booze-fueled social gatherings and the fees were kickbacks paid to prescribe the drug subsis made by drug maker Incest Therapeutics. And doctors got other perks tickets to sporting events, free meals delivered to their office workers, casino and nightclub outings, and a $4,100 evening of lap dances at a strip club, all paid for by the drug maker. The five physicians, seven of whom are affiliated with prestigious hospitals, were indicted on conspiracy and other charges that carry up to 20 years in prison. Doctors Gordon Freeman Jeffrey Goldstein, Todd Schliffstein, Dilecti Vordudris, and Alexdru Bercia all pleaded not guilty and were released on $200,000 bond each. At the same time, prosecutors unsealed the guilty pleas of two former INSIS executives, Jonathan Roper and Fernando Serrano, who were charged last year and are now cooperating. The company's billionaire founder, John Kapoor, and other INSIS officials and employees are also under indictment in a scandal that has been unfolding since 2014. The 75-page indictment alleges that the doctors pocketed more money from INSIS the more subsis they prescribed. An email from one sales representative to Dr. Freeman gave explicit instructions on how many new patients were needed to help meet a company target. Prosecutors said Dr. Freeman received about $308,000 in speaker program fees and by the last quarter of 2014 was the fourth highest prescriber of the drug subsis in the nation, accounting for more than $1 million in sales. And Elizabeth Holmes raised hundreds of millions of dollars from investors on the promise that her California Silicon Valley-based medical testing startup, 
Theranos Incorporated, would change medicine with a single drop of blood. Now securities regulators called her a fraud and forced her to give up the company she built. Holmes began to rise to national attention in 2013 when she claimed that Theranos had developed a medical technology that could do what seemed impossible. Its secret machines could run thousands of medical tests using the blood from a tiny finger prick and do so quickly and cheaply. High-profile board members joined as well, including diplomat Henry Kissinger, James Mattis, now the Trump Administrator's Secretary of Defense, and David Boies, the lawyer who tried to stop revelations about film producer Harvey Weinstein's sexual harassment. Holmes had claimed her machines could process 90% of the tests performed by standard lab equipment. Those statements won the company an agreement with Walgreens in 2010, even though the technology was not yet commercially ready. Walgreens later sued Theranos, and the companies eventually settled. The Securities and Exchange Commission charged Theranos, Inc., its founder and CEO Elizabeth Holmes, and its former president, Ramesh Sunny Balwani, with raising more than $700 million from investors through an elaborate years-long fraud. In truth, according to the SEC's complaint, Theranos's analyzer could compete only complete only a small number of tests, and the company concluded the vast majority of patient tests on modified and industry-standard commercial analyzers manufactured by others. Theranos, Holmes, and Balwani claimed that Theranos products were deployed by the U.S. Department of Defense on the battlefield in Afghanistan and on medevac helicopters. In truth, Theranos technology was never deployed by the U.S. Department of Defense. Theranos and Holmes have agreed to resolve the charges against them. Holmes has agreed to give up majority voting control over the company, as well as to a reduction of her equity, which, combined with shares she previously returned, materially reduces her equity stake. 36-year-old Anna Maria Ruiz, who lives in Ojai, was sentenced to serve 210 days in the Ventura County Jail for committing medical insurance fraud. Ruiz pled guilty to 11 counts of felony insurance fraud last January. She also admitted an excessive taking allegation for stealing more than $65,000 and an aggravated white-collar crime special allegation for taking more than $100,000. She was facing about 30 counts of the felony offense, but admitted to some of the counts as part of a plea agreement. Prosecutors said Ruiz was employed by Ventura County Pulmonary Medical Group when she submitted 30 fraudulent insurance claims to AFLAC. Ruiz used her knowledge of medical billing to submit the fraudulent claims and receive payments of $127,000. In addition to the jail sentence, Ruiz was placed on probation for 72 months and ordered to pay restitution to AFLAC. The case was a result of an investigation by the Valencia Office of the California Department of Insurance. And in regulatory news, investigators from the Tulare County District Attorney's Office Workers' Compensation Fraud Unit conducted a two-day workers' compensation insurance compliance check on March 7th and 8th 
in Visalia and Porterville. The purpose of the compliance check was to inform and educate local employers of the requirements of carrying the proper state-mandated contractor's license and workers' compensation insurance. Investigators contacted over 36 businesses, which include landscapers, construction companies, tree timbers, garage door repair companies, and concrete masonry workers. 18 of the 36 businesses contacted, that's 50%, were either not in compliance with the mandated State of California workers' comp insurance laws or carried the proper state contractor's license. The non-compliant businesses were educated on the requirements regarding workers' compensation insurance and holding the proper license. Follow-up investigations will be conducted to ensure compliance with these companies has been met. And future compliance checks will be completed throughout the county in the upcoming months to ensure employers, employees, and consumers are all protected to the fullest extent of the law. The Office of the District Attorney has dedicated prosecutor and criminal investigators assigned to workers' compensation fraud. And President Donald Trump promised to bring down prescription drug prices, saying U.S. citizens pay far more than people in other countries do for the same product. And he said that his administration would announce new measures in about a month. Trump said that if you compare our drug prices to other countries in the world, in some cases, it's many times higher for the exact same pill and the exact same package made in the exact same plant. He vows to change that. Trump made the remarks during a speech in Manchester, New Hampshire, that focused on the administration's efforts to battle the nation's opioid addiction crisis. Trump said he planned a news conference about a month from now to roll out drug price proposals. His comments reflect growing scrutiny over what patients end up spending for their medicines after insurers, distributors, hospitals, and pharmacies are paid for their roles in delivering the drugs. The FDA commissioner recently criticized such players for kabuki drug pricing, constructs that drive up prices for consumers. The Health and Human Services Secretary said the new proposals will focus on how to decrease the price for drugs and how to bring discounts that the middlemen are getting to patients. Trump has vowed since his election to tackle rising drug prices. His proposed 2019 budget outlined some steps to do so, including by allowing up to five states more flexibility over which drugs are covered by Medicaid. That could give the states more leverage to negotiate lower prices for prescription drugs. And Rose Barrett of the Berkshire Hathaway Group was elected chair of the California Workers' Compensation Institute Board of Directors for 2018. Barrett was first elected to the CWCI board as a representative of AIG in 2014 and has been a member of the Institute's executive committee since 2015, serving as its vice chair in 2017. Also on CWCI's 2018 Executive Committee will be Martin Brady of Schools Insurance Authority and Associate Member Susan Gordon, Zurich North America, David Mitchell of Republican Indemnity Company of America, 
Rob Schatzneider of CompWest Insurance Company, Vernon Steiner of the State Compensation Insurance Fund, and Matthew Zender of AmTrust North America. Other board members elected are from 11 insurers and one from the University of California. <clears throat> CWCI members include 24 insurance groups comprised of nearly 200 underwriting companies that write and service more than 83% of California's statewide workers' comp premium, as well as 32 of the largest public and private self-insured employers in the state. And in medical news, Chinese researchers have developed an artificial intelligence system which can diagnose cancerous prostate samples as accurate as any pathologist. This holds out the possibility of streamlining and eliminating variation in the process of cancer diagnosis. The system may also help overcome shortages of trained pathologists and in the longer term lead to automated or partially automated prostate diagnosis. Confirmation of a prostate cancer diagnosis normally requires a biopsy sample to be examined by a pathologist. Now, the Chinese AI system has shown similar levels of accuracy to pathologists and can also accurately classify the level of malignancy of the cancer, eliminating the variability which can creep into human diagnoses. Details of the AI system were presented to the European Association of Urology Congress taking place in Copenhagen this month. The head researchers said this will not replace a human pathologist. Rather, this technology will help pathologists make better, faster diagnoses and eliminate daily variations in judgment. The group took 918 prostate samples from 283 patients and ran these through the AI system with the software gradually learning and improving diagnosis. The results showed an accurate diagnosis in 99.38% of the cases, using a human pathologist as the gold standard. The head researcher said this means that the AI system is as accurate as a pathologist. The system was programmed to learn and gradually improve how it interpreted the samples. In addition, it could accurately classify the malignancy level of prostate cancer. Until now, automated systems have been limited with clinical value. The researchers believe this is the first automated system to offer an accurate reporting and diagnosis of prostate cancer. This will lead to a lesser reliance on human expertise, but we still need to ensure that the final decisions on treatment stay with a trained pathologist. Drugmaker NVIDIA lost a second legal case in recent months in its battle to protect the patient uh, patent of its opioid addiction treatment that generates 80% of its revenues. A federal court ruled that American generic drug maker Alvogen had not infringed three NVIDIA patents, weakening its defense against rival versions of its big seller, Suboxone Film. NVIDIA said it believed it had grounds to appeal the ruling. The case comes six months after the Delaware District Court ruled NVIDIA could not rely on patents to stop Indian drug maker Dr. Reddy's 
from launching a generic version of Suboxone film. Generic rivals in tablet form are already on the market in the United States, which is grappling with an opioid addiction epidemic. But Suboxone film leads the market for a version which is placed under the tongue to suppress cravings. NVIDIA is also in patent disputes with other companies. Analysts said the impact of the latest ruling was less significant than the earlier September one, and most companies would remain wary of launching a generic against NVIDIA. NVIDIA launched a once-a-month injectable drug to suppress opioid craving in the United States this month. It hopes Sublocade will become a blockbuster medicine, although it expects initial sales to be slow. And with that story, that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. And we also publish a daily flash briefing on the Amazon Alexa Echo platform. Search for Workers' Compensation News on Amazon. Again, I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with Floyd Skarin Manukian Langevin. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.